There we go. Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Brussling Unlimited. As it's Monday, we're here to talk about Monday Night Raw. Now you see this little graphic down here because Luke is with us like he's been for the last couple of weeks, but for some reason his camera won't load up. So I said, screw it. We'll just do you as audio for Luke. What's going on? What's going on? I'm doing all right, except for my camera not working. I'll, I'll fix that later tonight or tomorrow, but we're here to talk about Raw. I thought Raw was pretty entertaining tonight. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of good promos, a lot of good matches. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed the show as well. I thought there was a couple weird things, like the Daniel Cormier video made it sound... The way he was... The, how do I say it? The way that promo from Cormier was designed, I don't know if they scripted him. I don't know if he was just saying whatever. It came off as if they weren't... To announce the special guest referee early or something, because he was talking as if he's telling them right now for the first time that he's the special guest referee, which is, was kind of weird, but it all worked out in the end. That was the only thing. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing really to me that I was like, Ooh, that was kind of weird. Other than that, I thoroughly enjoyed tonight's Monday Night Raw. Absolutely, I did have trouble trying to scan that QR code that they had set up. Oh, the one that flashed for like half a half a second. Yeah. yeah Do that, you notice the one on that contract that Corey Graves was, held, was yeah, holding? I saw it, but I never I, had, I never scanned it, though. That was the one I had trouble scanning. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because I got the one that they flashed when Candice LeRae was walking up. Mm. But. Yeah, and a very weird, and I need to check something really fast. Because someone told me that QR code is different if you load it up on a computer than a mobile browser, and I actually didn't check it. So hold on, let me go and check that really fast. Because I got one image, but apparently if you load it up on a computer, you might get a different image. Let me see. Link. No, it's the exact same. So I don't know what people were talking about. Because Ryan Satin tweeted, The White Rabbit QR code on WWE Raw this week leads to an image with one sign shown on mobile and another on desktop. Yet, I've got the same image on my phone and my computer. So I don't know. Kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, let me see something really fast. Um, mm, okay. So apparently also with that QR code... It is the coordinates for the arena, the Wells Fargo Center, this weekend for Extreme Rules. With the actual, what the um, link and page name. That's interesting. I mean, we already all assumed that something was going to happen in Extreme Rules. I just don't know. If it's Bray and he shows up at Extreme Rules, how? Do they just play the White Rabbit song and he comes out randomly during the show or does he interfere in one of the matches because if that's the case I don't even know which match he would interfere in it's like how would he present himself would he just be the fiend or would he be wearing like some sort of like rabbit type gear I would assume he's got some creepy rabbit mask yeah that's what I would assume so the only thing there's 
I don't think they do him and Seth again. So I don't think he, and plus the fight pit, the whole thing's supposed to be no one can get in. They have Daniel Cormier. I think that's already, they're not going to mess with that. Now, if they wanted to, I can see maybe Drew beating Karrion Cross, and then he come out after the strap match. Or Edge defeats Finn Balor in the IQ match, and he comes out after that and attacks Edge. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe, maybe he attacks Edge or something. Yeah, those are the only two matches. If he's going to set up a program like Saturday, and he's going to... What's the word I'm looking for? Attack somebody or interfere in something? It would. It's got to be one of those two matches. Because it ain't going to be the six man. It ain't going to be either of the women's matches. And the fight pits are already too set as its own special thing with the whole cage thing. No one can get in. Daniel Cormier. So got to be one of those. I mean, huh? Maybe. Ooh. Maybe Drew beats Cross, but then Cross somehow. Ties Drew up with a strap after the match. Bray comes out and attacks Drew. Drew can't fight back because he's tied up. Just a thought. Just a thought. Maybe, but I don't really see Cross losing. Oh, I do. I think I think he will. I mean, there's a good chance he doesn't, but I think there's a better, better chance he loses than wins, in my opinion. I don't know. But we'll see. But with that, I do want to say thank you if you are watching us live, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. Also want to thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. I can't stop burping and cotton, like hiccuping all of a sudden. If you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming and you don't even need to have it yourself. Anybody can have Amazon Prime you just get their account, link it to your Twitch, and you get free games. You get free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But don't just do it to help us out. Help yourself out because there's some really good games you get for free this month, like Fallout 76 The Pit, Loom, which is a really fun game, Heroes Hour, Glass Masquerade. Horus and uh, Total War Warhammer 2. All are free right now. You sign up for Prime Gaming. But remember also, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well by hitting that join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something, whether that's a new game, whether that's an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or trying to get bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse. Use code PWUnlimited at checkout. You'll be directly supporting us without having to spend any extra money yourself, whether that is in the Epic Game Store on your computer or any Epic Games 
whether that's on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, or for Fortnite, and I think, yeah, for Fortnite, you're a mobile device as well. But with that, Monday Night Raw kicked off with Judgment Day making their way out to the ring. Jimmy Smith also mentioned that Daniel Cormier would be the special guest referee for the Fight Pit match between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. The Judgment Day would make their way out to the ring, and Finn warned Edge that you could only outrun fate for so long. Judgment Day would come for Edge, and Balor would deliver his fate by making him say, I quit. Damian Priest then issued a warning to their opponents tonight, AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. Crowd started chanting, who's your daddy? Dominic then said that Rey wasn't his father because he hated him. He's like, I hate you, I hate you. Balor then went on about Styles and their friendship and this and that. Now, AJ, you could still join us. And then AJ's music would hit. I thought this was all right. I didn't like the whole Dominic. Oh, I hate you. I hate you. You're no longer my father. Like, what are you, a rebellious 14, 15-year-old? That just didn't, that didn't really hit well for me. I mean, it was, it was all right. Not the best. I mean... I don't know. I just didn't really care for it, though. Right. As we move on, we had a tag team match to open up the show. It was Finn Balor and Damian Priest of the Judgment Day with Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio, of course, against the team of AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. This match itself in about 11 minutes. The match started during the break. That's why I said about 11 minutes because I don't know exactly. And uh, they worked over Styles early on, made it so he couldn't tag in. At one point, Rhea Ripley yanked Ray off the apron. Styles fought back and hit Balor and Priest with a double DDT to get a big reaction. Ray recovered at one point and confronted Ripley, but Dominic got between them. Dominic then again dared Ray. He said, hit me. Hit me. He then said something in Spanish, probably the same thing, hit me, hit me, or whatever. Ray turns around because he wouldn't hit his son, and Rhea knocks him down with a clothesline. This then allows uh, Balor to take control over Styles. Styles was ready beat down like they beat the shit out of AJ AJ couldn't tag out they took him down coup de gras one two three Finn pins AJ to pick up the victory after the match Ray tried to help Styles like help him up and Styles didn't want the help he blamed Ray for the loss and was pissed off Ray accepted the blame and Styles shoved him Ray then said screw it left and AJ was kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah. AJ then got beat down by Judgment Day. He took the choke slam from Priest. And then Finn again was like, hey, AJ, we could stop all of this. All you got to do is join us. We've been friends for so long. Don't, don't make me do this. I thought it was so funny when Finn, while Finn was beating up AJ, he was like, I still care about you, AJ. Yeah. And still like beats the crap out of him. I thought that was hilarious. That's what we call tough love. As we move forward, I also, go for it. I also feel like this is probably going to lead to something big because I feel like maybe someone's going to like team up with AJ to take on Judgment Day because I, I think you said in the past maybe it could be Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, maybe coming back to WWE. So if they were to come back, which I believe there's a good chance they do, they're... Locked in with New Japan 
till Wrestle Kingdom January 4th and 5th. But after that, they have no commitments to any other company. Yet, I think there's a chance we see something even sooner as far as AJ and Ray and Judgment Day. Maybe they do AJ, Ray, and Edge against Finn, Priest, and Dominic. And in this six-man tag, wherever they do it, maybe Survivor Series, they do the whole thing where Ray's in, they tag Dominic in, and Dominic's like, what are you going to do? You going to hit me? Come on, come on. And Ray like tags himself out because he won't fight his son or something. I don't know. Maybe we get like a six man at Survivor Series. Hey, maybe that could be the War Games match right there. You never know. Yeah, because I don't know. I, I have a good feeling on what they're going to do for the women's War Games. I have no clue for the men. Like at all. I feel like for the men, it's either going to be like this one that we just talked about or they're going to do something with the bloodline. Right. Because if, if I'm looking at what they could do for the women in war games, I would say one team would be damage control and a heel from SmackDown. Bianca, Alexa, Asuka, Liv on the other side. As far as the women. Oh, yeah. And, and for, like, the men's, I don't, I mean, I would assume... Like bloodline and like for the baby faces though, I don't mm. really know. Yeah, I don't know either. But I mean, so we've seen three on three war games matches before, so they could just do Finn, Dom, Damian, Edge, AJ, Ray. You could do three on three, and that way it's kind of like you can do it whatever combination of amount of people you want. So maybe you do three on three just so the match is not as long. Because remember, you got to wait. You got to wait till everybody enters five minute increments, and then the match can finally start. So maybe you do three on three to minimize how long the match actually is. Just a thought. Right. Yeah. So they move. So like, what do they do? Before. So, just curious if they do that for the men's. What if they do like three on three for the women's as well? No, they could. They could. I'm just saying, like, I don't think both War Games matches are going to be straight up just Raw or just SmackDown. That's why I was thinking, at least with the women, you do like they used to do back in the day with Survivor Series, where you take a bunch of different people feuding, you team the baby faces on one side, the heels on one side, and you go from there. So, just, I don't know. Uh, someone, in the chat, someone in the chat says, Sammy, KO, Johnny, and Drew against... Roman, the Usos, and Solo. I still think that would be too soon to switch over Sammy. I think it would be too soon. I mean, it could be possible because, like, what if KO like goes up to Sammy and says, "Like, hey, like, this isn't you. Whatever happened to the old Sammy?" I mean, he's tried that already once. But I mean, it, it's very possible. Yeah, I just. Maybe it's just me not wanting them to take Sammy away from the bloodline yet because it's so good. Other than me thinking it's too early, maybe it's just I don't want him out of the bloodline because I love it so much. Uh, Bang. Uh, I'll go for it. You can go. I was going to say, Bang says, how long does Sammy have to pull the switch? I mean, you can keep this going for a while because it's so good. I mean, it's just eventually Jay, so 
there's going to be something. And we can talk about it later because we have the bloodline on this show. But I think it's just eventually Jay's going to lose his... I, just, I don't get the whole why Jay still hates Sammy when everybody else loves him, even Roman. That's the weird thing to I mean, me. Maybe Jay thinks this is like all a joke and stuff. Maybe he wants the bloodline to be like all serious and he thinks Sammy's just just like trying to be funny and all. Very possible. And Jay, Jay probably doesn't like that. Right. Very, very possible. Moving forward, Kevin Patrick met up with Bobby Lashley backstage and he goes, so uh, you've been United States champion for three months and you're a pretty dominant champion. And Lashley goes, oh, has it been three months already? Oh, okay, cool. Well, I need somebody to step up. I need somebody on my level to show them that they care as much as I do. He basically said there isn't anybody and then up would come Mustafa Ali. Ali had the same desire, but he's been waiting at the back of the line for too long for someone to call his number. So instead, he's tired of waiting, and he's going to jump to the front of the line himself. Lashley was like, yeah, I've seen you grinding and whatnot, but uh, I'll keep you in mind for when I think you're ready. And Ali's like, excuse me? No, I want, I'm not asking. I'm demanding. I want, I want a shot. I want you. He kept poking Lashley and poking him and poking him, and Lashley's like, yeah, I don't know about that one. I'll, I'll keep you in mind. And Ollie was like, no. And he kept poking at him. And finally, Lashley's like, you know what? I'm over everybody disrespecting me and not respecting me as their champion. So you, you, you want to fight? We'll fight tonight. It was all right. It set up the match. And I thought the match itself was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, at first, I honestly kind of thought like, oh, this is just going to be a guy that Bobby's just going to like throw around. But... Mm. It was it was a good match though. I I really did enjoy it. Yeah. So before that match started though, we had the bloodline in the back. Sami Zayn was with Jimmy and Solo. He and Jimmy were laughing about something. Solo didn't seem too amused. And then Jay walks up and he's like, "What's so funny?" Sami's like, "Well, we were just talking. You know what? Never mind. It doesn't really matter." Jay's like, "All right. Well, we're not here to play around. We're not here." To play games. We're here to inform everybody that the Bloodline will be back next week, but next week with Roman on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. And Jimmy's like, hey, hey, relax, Oos, calm down. And Sammy goes, no, 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 no. Jay's right. We need to be serious. We need to warn these people. They're walking around in the back. They come up on the Street Profits, and Sammy's like, hey, you two. Hey, hey, and they're like ignoring them. He's like, next week, the Bloodline will all be here, including... Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. And Montez Ford, or he's like, and you guys are going to have to acknowledge him next week. And then Montez Ford was like, eh, acknowledge these nuts. Well, he was about to say it, it seemed like. And Angelo Dawkins stopped him. The Usos then wanted him to continue so they'd have an excuse to beat him up. They noted that Ford had a walking boot on over an apparent injured foot, which I didn't hear anything about Montez Ford being injured recently. So that's an interesting move. Actually, When's, when was his last match then? I think it was against the Brawling Brutes. Because I don't know if maybe they worked a house show and he got injured. I'm going to look this up. Go to Cage Match, Montez Ford. What the heck are you doing, Google? Uh, let's see, Montez Ford's last match. Hmm. 
So they've they've worked a couple matches since the Brawling Brutes. So last week, two weeks ago, they had a no, three week no two weeks ago, two weeks ago they had a dark match dark match six man tag on SmackDown. They teamed with Nakamura against Imperium. Then the next night, Saturday, September twenty fourth. They worked a live event in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It was the Street Profits against the Alpha Academy. They haven't had a match since. So it's been a little over a week since their last match. I have no clue what happened to that foot. I hadn't heard anything of an injury. No one reported an injury. Nothing at all. And then we see him with the boot tonight. And I'm like, huh. Well, that one flew under the radar. Um, yeah, they, yeah. I honestly don't know what happened to him unless unless he's like no unless it's like a work or something. I I don't know. I doubt it because I because if you think about it, Montez Ford. Even if they're just doing the singles match tonight, he would have somehow if he wasn't if he was actually not hurt or whatever, he would have you know tried to interfere in the match. But I don't know. I don't know. It looks like some sort of a foot injury though. So uh, where was I? Dawkins. Threatened to stick his foot up Jay's ass. Sokoa got in Dawkins' face and was like, you want to go? How about you go with me? Sammy tried to calm him down and they walked off. We then had Bobby Lashley versus Mustafa Ali in a non-title match. The match went 11 and a half minutes. And there was one spot in this match that I liked, but I didn't like the follow-up to the spot. We'll talk about it here in a moment. Lashley, actually, we'll talk about it early on because not much really happened before this spot. So Lashley is dominating early on. Ali finally takes control. And there's a spot where Lashley's arm is up on the ropes. Like he's grabbing the bottom rope so his arm's fully extended. Ali goes to the top rope, does a 450 right on the arm. And they start trying to sell it, like commentary and stuff. Like his arm's broken. And Lashley sells it for a minute or so. And they're like, oh my God, he could have broke his arm and this and then. Da, 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 da. And he goes for another like minute or two without using the, I think it was the left arm. It doesn't matter. Left, right arm, it doesn't really matter. So he goes without using the arm for like a minute or two. And then he just no sells it after that. Like he's perfectly fine. And like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, a one arm Bobby Lashley is, is more dangerous than most people with two arms or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, commentary is still trying to play up that his arms hurt, but he's just using both arms willy-nilly like nothing. So that was the one thing in this match I didn't like, that he sold the arm for like a minute, maybe two, and then it was like all roses and dandelions after that. But um, he did the 450 on the arm. Lastly, then came right back with a choke slam. More like a spinebuster chokeslam deal. Ali kicked out, though. Lashley followed this up with the Dominator. Used both arms on the Dominator, no problem. Ali still kicked out. Lashley then told Ali, just stay down. We can end all this. Ali slapped him across the face, though. Lashley then chucked him out of the ring and drove him twice into the ring post. Lashley also tossed him into the timekeeper's area, but Ali just barely broke the 10 count. Lashley followed this up with a spear and applied the hurt lock. Ali refuses to quit, didn't tap out, and passed out instead. So, Bobby Lashley wins via, I guess you could say, submission. Via, submission via pass out. I thought overall the match was all right, but 
I just, I wish Bobby would have sold the arm more with how big of a spot that was. Yeah, that, it honestly kind of felt like a waste of a segment because he's like, oh, like, arms hurt, but he mm -hmm. used it, like, just fine. Right. So, I guess his arm isn't hurt. Nope. So, after the match, Ali, or Lashley tries to help Ali to his feet, and Seth Rollins would attack from behind. Rollins would lay out Lashley and hit him with two curb stomps, one just normal and one on face first onto the belt. Rollins jumped out of the ring, and then he stomped on Ali on the outside. We go to commercial break. We come back, and Rollins is in the ring. Speaking about the fight pit, he goes, this is going to be my match going forward, and uh, if you don't know what it is, here's a little video to show you. And They showed a little highlight video of what the fight pit actually is. Steel cage match with the catwalk above it, no ropes, no turnbuckles, no door to get out. And it's just win by submission or knockout. Now, Riddle would enter after Seth went on for a minute or so talking about how he's going to dominate this match. And he was baffled at what Rollins was saying, that Rollins would call himself the king of the fight pit. Rollins reminded him that they have a no contact rule tonight, so... Whatever he says, even if he pisses off Riddle, Riddle can't touch him. Riddle's like, don't worry. I ain't going to do anything. I didn't plan on it anyways. I'll put more stitches in your forehead, though. Because when Seth first came out, you see a black dot right in the middle of his forehead. And I'm like, what the heck? Apparently, Riddle busted him open or something. Maybe at a house show. So I, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, Seth had a black... At first, I thought it was like a Sharpie mark, and he didn't realize someone poked him with a Sharpie or something. But then when Riddle said, I'll put more stitches in your forehead, that sounds like something happened on a show where he busted open Seth. And I don't know when that actually could have been. Because if we think about it, though, let's see, let's see. In the last week, yeah, no, those two have not worked. In the last week. So they did have like a brawl last week after Raw. So maybe it happened to there in that little brawl. Other than that, I don't know when he could have busted Seth open. Um, so going forward, Riddle says that he's willing to wait until Extreme Rules where he would just beat Rollins, but not just beat him, he'd kill him. The two start bickering back and forth, and Daniel Cormier would jump up on the screen. It was an obvious pre-tape video. Um, Daniel Cormier said he would need to pull Riddle away as he hammered away on Riddle's lifeless body. Riddle said that uh, the crowd... Oh, no. Did I not write down any... I didn't write down anything that Cormier said. But basically, Cormier was like, Hey, Riddle... We're in a fraternity of brothers because we both come from the UFC. We're both U former UFC MMA fighters. But there's also no, uh, what did he say? He basically said, everyone knows I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. I was there in Santa Clara and I cheered when you cashed in money in the bank. And he would go on and he's like, and you guys have this big match this weekend. It's the fight pit. And no one knows better than me about fighting in cages and when they said they needed somebody that could stand between you two and, and referee this match 
I said, I'd do it. And I'm like, okay, so and I'm not doing it justice what he said, but he said it in a way where it sounded like he was making the official announcement and no one knew ahead of time. It was weird. It was weird. But he said that he would be impartial, call it down the middle and do what he has to do to make sure the best match possible takes place. So Rollins informed Cormier. Uh, no. Riddle said that the crowd would be singing, Bro, 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 instead of Seth's song when it comes to Extreme Rules. Rollinson informed him that Cormier is going to be on his side because Cormier is a fan. Austin Saturday says, I know he suffered a cut last week in the match against Rey Mysterio where Rey slammed him face first into the steps. That's how he got the cut. Okay, gotcha. That I didn't... Must not have paid enough attention to that match then. Well, let me see something then. If I go to last week's Monday Night Raw. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Monday Night Raw. Last week was which day was it? Twenty-six. Let's see. So Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. Because <clears throat> if he was busted open, there'd be an image. Oh, yep, yep, yep. It was in the rain match. You're right, since Saturday. Thank you for that. And it seems like it was early on in the match, too. So, yeah, Seth got busted open just a little bit. Not a, like a, There wasn't a lot of blood or anything, but he was busted open a little bit right in the middle of his forehead. Apparently needed stitches. Um, Rollins tried to egg on Riddle. Talked about how He's like, you're a good singer. Use that voice to sing your kids to sleep. Oh, wait, you're not allowed to see your kids. He's like, also, I know why you're not going to touch me and risk the match. Because you need that payday. Because child support's expensive. Riddle's I just, thought that comment was awesome. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And he's like, yeah, I don't need this match. But you only need it for the payday to pay that child support. I'm like, oh, buddy. Oh, man. Riddle brushed that it off. was that it. was my favorite part of that segment oh, was yeah. the child support one. Riddle brushed it off. He asked Rollins, when's the last time you held a championship? And Rollins kind of got his look at his face like, shut the fuck up. No, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> He's like, uh, in the last, uh, the last title match you had, you lost to who? Your buddy, Roman Reigns? And what happened? He choked you out. He said that he wondered when the last time you made an event at WrestleMania. Oh, wait, uh, <laughs> you haven't. But Becky has. Rollins started to get pissed off, and they argued. Um, he also said that Seth always comes in second place. He came in second place to Roman, and he comes in second place to Becky. Rollins knocked the hat off of Riddle's head. He then walked off, and Riddle posed for the crowd. I thought this was an effective segment. Even if we didn't get the Cormier video, I still thought this would have been a really good segment to hype up the match on Sunday. Which, it's it's got to be the main event, right? I would say either this is the main event, or Liv versus Ronda, because it's an Extreme Rules match. Yeah, but this has got more of the buzz. This match at yeah, this match has, like, so much hype around yeah. it. Yeah, I, th I think this goes on last. 
Because Lair was walking backstage. She walked up to Bianca Belair and Asuka. And then this weird, like, haze or fog or, or some weird overlay came up on the screen for, like, 15 seconds. And then for, like, half a second, it went <laughs> QR code. We already talked about the QR code. This is probably the most nothing QR code we've seen so far. Other than it gave us court. It basically told us, hey, keep an eye out for extreme rules. So they're talking and whatever, and this is a nothing little segment just to get the QR code up there and tell us, hey, Candice LeRae's got a match coming up soon. Uh, in the back, Miz is on the phone with Maurice. He's talking about how he's going to have Maurice host a birthday party for him tomorrow or next week. Birthday celebration. Oh, also, speaking of tomorrow, next week, last week, Finn in his promo to open up the show when he goes, he was talking to AJ. He's like, I could have ended your career last night. No. Not last night. I didn't mean to say last night. I meant last week. I'm so heated. I said last night when I meant last week. I'm like, calm down, Finn. You need to go into all that to correct yourself. I laughed my ass <laughs> off. He was just like, I'm so heated. I said last night instead of last week. I meant last week. I'm like, you're going to pop an artery. Calm the hell down. Anyways, Miz is talking to Maurice. Says that he's going to take care of Dexter Loomis as far as not let him ruin their family dynamic anymore he's like yeah that that maniac he got into our home and that's unacceptable and this and that and so all of a sudden the door behind miz slowly opens and we see dexter loomis some stagehand guy walks up he's like miz miz i need to talk to you and miz is like shh i'm on the phone and he like pushes the guy away then we had to go to kai versus candice the right in 11 minute match i enjoyed this match i thought it was really good and then we got the Damage control finish, unfortunately. But also could make one think that Candice LeRae, not done with damage control. Maybe Candice ends up as the fourth baby face in war games. And then damage control gets a fourth member. Who could that fourth member be? I think that fourth member of damage control against Bianca. And we're, this would be just fantasy book speculating. Bianca, Alexa, uh, Asuka, and Candice should be Indy Hartwell. Because then you really have a reason for Candice to not like damage control. And then she could be like, Indy, don't do it. Don't join them. Don't be with them. Don't be like them. Da 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 da. You know. I think that'd be a cool way to do a cool thing to do as well. I did hear like Bailey in an interview saying that she would love to have Indy in damage yeah. control. I mean, I was also kind of thinking maybe we could have saw like Candace and Indy to take on Dakota and EO for the tag titles. Yeah, that's another option as well. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be against that. I also like that the idea of Indy and damage control. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be against that. I mean, either one is fine with me. Oh, yeah, same. So not much really happened before the break, just some back and forth, just basic wrestling. But after the break, Dakota Kai did take control with a boot. Like, she looked like she connected with freaking Candace's face on that big boot. Uh, she hit rapid kicks to the head, which, again, you can hear them hitting. And Larray avoided a running corner boot with a knee or a boot of her own. Was, I don't know if she got the knee or if she got her with her shin or something like that. They battled on the turnbuckle. It looked like uh, Dakota was going to go for a superplex, but Larray broke out. And she tried to go for a powerbomb. She didn't get the powerbomb, but instead, second rope German suplex. 
guy then distracted the referee as Bailey tripped Candice as she was going to go for a springboard moonsault. This then allowed Dakota Kai to roll her up and pick up the pinfall victory. So Dakota Kai defeats Candice LeRae. As we move forward, we see Johnny Gargano walking around in the back and he walks past. Like, we didn't see exactly what happened. Like, this was weird because we see Dexter is kind of in the room with Miz and then they just cut it. And all of a sudden, Johnny's walking backstage and you have Dexter sitting on an equipment box with the Miz laying on his lap. And Johnny walks past and he stops. He's like, no, he can't be. And he goes back and he looks and Dexter's gone. Just Miz. And he like slowly goes up to Miz and he's like, poke. And Miz wakes up. He's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And he's got a picture, an art, a drawing that Dexter did of himself and Miz. And Miz freaks out. And Johnny sees the picture and goes, oh, that ain't good. That ain't good. And Miz freaks out. And he's just like, oh, Dexter. Like, oh, he's at his old games again. It was whatever. It was kind of funny. Elsewhere. What's this is going to lead to. Oh, but Ms. Dexter stuff? I have no freaking clue what Ms. What's Ms. Dexter stuff is going to be. I mean, I assume. So I thought, and now it's kind of too late to set it up. I thought this was all going to lead to some sort of a haunted house match with Dexter and Ms. Like we saw in NXT with Dexter and Cameron Grimes. But, I mean, they could still do it on like a Raw. But I thought that would have been perfect to do at Extreme Rules. Like I mean, you, they still, they could still do it at Extreme Rules. I mean, ooh, I have an idea. Go for it. So Halloween, Halloween's on a Monday. Mm-hmm. What if they do that on Halloween? That wouldn't be a bad idea. Because, I mean, you say they could still do it at Extreme Rules. Yeah, but how do they set it up when they're both Raw guys and Raw's over and they have nothing else Raw for the week? You know? But, I mean, I could see it. Miz is like, oh, I'm going to go to his house or something like that. I'm going to finally put an end to this guy. And then they do the on a house thing like they did in NXT. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. I have no clue where the hell this goes. So, Honestly, I'd kind of wait to, I would wait to do it Halloween. I mean, that would be fun to do on that Raw, yeah. So uh, in the back, Sarah Schreiber interviewed Damage Control. Bailey bragged about Dakota's win. Plan on doing the same thing to Bel Air and said that tonight we'll do this contract signing and I'll even come by myself. Ain't going to be the same at Extreme Rules, but I'll come by myself tonight for the contract signing. Uh, they then spoke about the passing of Antonio Inoki. Then there was a Chad Gable video from social media, basically him saying, Braun and I got history. And uh, I'm going to use my smarts outsmart the monster, the master will defeat the monster. We then had a six and a half minute match. Otis and Johnny Gargano. Otis was in control early, but Gargano fought back with a DDT and a super kick for a two. They spilled to the outside. Also, Theory, Austin Theory, we can call him again, on commentary. So, uh, they spilled to the outside, and Gargano took the opportunity to attack Theory. Gargano gave Otis another DDT, but this time on the outside. However, Theory hit Gargano in the back. Excuse me, with the Money in the Bank briefcase, and the ref didn't notice it. Otis then followed this up with the World's Strongest Slam and picked up the victory. So unfortunately, Johnny and Candice both lost tonight. 
I didn't really like the finish to this match. I mean, it was okay. It was whatever. I mean, it was just another. I, mean, I, I and I think it was. I mean, I say it was okay. When you really think about it, it is another interference finish. Like, you know what I mean? Two matches in a row where there was interference that led to the finish. Right, and I, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have like gone with the way of Otis going over Johnny. I mean, no disrespect to Otis whatsoever, but right. But I don't know if I would have gone that route. Well, it's setting. Uh, hold on, hold on. So, I mean, I get why they did it because it's setting up Johnny versus Austin next week. So Austin screwed Johnny out of the win tonight. So I mean, in theory, it makes sense for the most part. A theory: Otis and Gable attack Gargano after the match. Strowman would then come down to make the save. He ran over Otis before chucking Gable in the ring to start their match. They had a seven-minute match. Braun Strowman and Chad Gable. So, early on, Otis launched Strowman over the announce table. I believe this took place during a break, so we didn't even see it until they showed the replay. And the referee kicked Otis out of ringside. Which I'm like, where'd Johnny go? Johnny didn't stick around. Theory disappeared, too. But Gable maintained control. Go for it. What are you gonna say? Well, Theory actually ran away from Strowman because he didn't. He wanted nothing to do with Strowman. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I overlooked that. I didn't write that down in my notes at all. I just said I literally wrote down where did Theory go. I must have either missed it or just overlooked it or something. Uh, I think just John. I think Johnny just walked away because he's yeah, like, probably. you know what, Strowman's got this, so I'll just let Strowman handle it. Right. So where were we? Uh, Gable. Gave Strowman an awesome German suplex, which impressed the crowd. Gable was on fire and followed this up with a running drop kick, but he missed a moonsault and Strowman booted him. Strowman then finished him off with a powerbomb and picked up the victory. Uh, Omos was shown watching backstage with MVP, so they're building up a Braun Strowman Omos match eventually. But trainers. Yeah, I kind of feel like I kind of feel like that'd be pretty expected, though. Yeah, but it's not going to be good. It's yeah, not going it, to be it, good. <laughs> it's not, but I feel like it's just pretty expected. Because wasn't that one of the ideas of like why they brought back Strowman? Because they wanted to do him versus Omos? I mean, uh, well, Triple H has always liked Braun. So I was not shocked when they brought Braun back. Well, he was somebody that Triple H has always been like big on. So we go to the trainer's room and Kevin Patrick asked how he was doing or he asked Lashley. Lashley wanted to crush Rollins' throat so he wouldn't have to hear him cackle again. He's like, when Riddle is done with him in Extreme Rules, I want next. Lashley wanted him next week. And so they said, well, we learned later that it's going to be Lashley defending the U.S. title against Seth Rollins next week on Raw. So here's my question with that, though. If we know that Seth is getting a title shot next week on Raw, does that almost foreshadow and tell us that Seth is winning the fight pit? I mean, maybe unless, like, Bobby Lashley that comes out to, like, distract Seth. 
I don't know. But I mean, they could do that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if they were going to do that, they should have just had maybe like Rollins went on Saturday, then he does a segment on Monday saying like, hey, I want the United States Championship. Right. But I mean, all they would have to do with that, though, is Bobby can go, no, I'm not giving you a shot because you lost your last one. But now Bobby's got a reason why he would accept the title shot match or the title match because Seth attacked him. And I don't know. It's, I'm probably just overthinking it, if I'm being completely honest. We had the Bianca Belair Bailey contract signing. This is pretty good. Bianca kept making some weird faces when Bailey was speaking. But other than that, this is pretty good. Graves hosted. I said that the title match on Saturday would be the first time that uh, there's a women's championship ladder match. And technically, yes, but technically, no. We have seen the SmackDown Women's Championship match on the line in a TLC match. So technically, that wasn't a ladder match, even though they had to climb the ladder and grab the title. But hey, when they do that kind of stuff, where they go, well, this is the first ever women's ladder match in WWE. Well, women's championship ladder match. We've had technically ladder matches with the women with titles on the line. Hell, we've had, what, four or five women's money in the bank ladder matches. So it's like they're hyping this up as like a first ever woman's ladder match when it's not, there's been plenty before this. So Bailey went on and on and on and on and on about her plan coming to fruition and why she just uh, wanted the ladder match. She said that this match is symbolic of her career. She always had to climb the ladder of success. Unlike Belair who was handed things. Belair came in and was just, Given every opportunity. Bailey suggested that the fans turn on her. She did not reach to the top. And now she's finding her way back there again. She would go on to ramble and ramble. And finally, Belair was like, hey, Bailey, shut up. Quit talking. Belair signed the contract. After Bailey had already signed it as well. Belair said, oh. Corey Graves takes the contract. He lifts it up. There's a QR code on the bottom of the, the uh, what's it called? Booklet? Contract. Contract booklet thingy. I don't know. Uh, Bel- like the folder? Folder. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. Belar said that the fans stopped caring about Bailey because she was pretending to be someone she's not. She would then basically belittle Bailey's injury. And I hate that they've been doing this. They keep doing the whole thing. Where were you for the last year, Bailey? It took you a year to figure out what you wanted to do. Bitch, she was hurt. She couldn't come back and do anything for a year. Like, I, Bianca's done this before. It was either last week or the week before. Where she, she kind of, like, talked down to Bailey for being gone for a year. Like, making it seem like Bailey made the decision herself to be gone. Because I remember when they did it the first time, Bailey goes, I was injured i couldn't be here and then basically bianca did it again she was like yeah you were gone for a year it took you a whole year to come up with the plan to create the damage control i'm like well she was gone for a year she was hurt dummy but says she had hurt enough and she wondered where her friends were bianca's friends that is camera then shows oscar and bliss getting beat up backstage by dakota and eo Bailey used this distraction to attack Bianca. Belair fought her off and sprinted to the back, but Kai and Sky were gone. Bailey then laughed 
their plan worked. They then showed a, excuse me, they then showed a chair wrapped around the leg of Asuka, trying to insinuate that maybe they broke Asuka's leg. Bliss then stands up and kind of goes over to the camera and is doing the whole, Yo, I want you tonight. I'm like, oh, all right. Didn't expect it to be the main event. But yeah. Also, we'll talk about it when we get there. I feel like something got mistimed because there was five minutes of filler at the end of this show. So the announcers plugged uh, Tuesday's NXT and Saturday's Extreme Rules. So Sokoa took on Angelo Dawkins in a 12-minute match. Sokoa had full control until Dawkins came back with an enziguri, a spinning back elbow, and a silencer for a two. Jay and Sammy argued on the apron as Sokoa hit a superkick. He seemed to have the match all won, but the referee was distracted, which allowed Dawkins enough time to kick out. Sokoa wasn't happy with them. He stared down Zane. The Usos and Zane argued when Sol Sokoa tried to grab a chair. Sammy's like, don't do the chair. Don't use the chair. You can't. And Jay's like, that's my brother. I got this. And finally, he throws the chair down, whatever. Um, Dawkins then wipes them all out with a dive. Zane moved at the last second, so only the Usos got knocked down. Zane yelled at Dawkins for going after his family, and Dawkins punched him. This extra time allowed Sokoa to hit Dawkins with a spinning heel kick. When he got back into the ring, Sokoa then hit a spinning solo, his version of a rock bottom, and pinned him to pick up the victory. So Solo Sokoa defeats Angelo Dawkins. That's surprising. He didn't do, like, the frog splash. That's normally, like, his finisher. Yeah, the big splash off the top. And, I mean, unless they're trying to get away of, from that from him, because this is what Jimmy and Jay use. Maybe they're like, all right, we need something that's his. So he does this, like, spinning rock bottom uranage. They call it the spinning solo. Uh, I do get what you're saying. But again, like, maybe it's like, all right, it, like, it's an Uso thing where they right. do that, like, big splash. So maybe it could be also his finisher as well. Yeah. And maybe they're just trying stuff out and just seeing if him doing this move gets over or not. I, I don't think that he's never going to do it again. Sure. Eventually, like, he'll do it. Yeah. Again. But maybe he probably just didn't want to, like, do it tonight or something. Mm -hmm. So, theory told Alpha Academy that he was challenging Johnny Gargano to a match next week. They got a pre-tape promo from Edge. Edge said that the version of Edge you're seeing is pretty much himself. Saddam. The vial of character has pretty much been dropped. He spoke about coming back after being told his career was over 11 years ago. And it was getting harder now at the age of 46. He doesn't want you to feel bad for him though. Because this is his dream. And it is his choice to do this. He said, but it wasn't just hard on him anymore. Hard on his family as well. He didn't have the family before. He can't ignore when his daughters hear him coming down the stairs in the morning. And it sounds like a symphony of cracking bones. Edge gave Judgment Day credit for that. He also knew that Ray wanted to distance himself because of Dominic. But ask Randy Orton, ask John Cena, ask anybody I've gone up against. I, uh, uh, he said, I will always come swinging, even if I have to do it alone. He then warned Valor and Judgment Day 
but there was nothing they can do to physically, to him physically, that would make him say, I quit. And he hoped they were ready because he is ready for Saturday. So as we move forward, we got a lineup-ish, four things announced for next week's season premiere of Monday Night Raw from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Roman Reigns and the Bloodline will appear. The DX reunion with Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dogg, and X-Pac. No Billy Gunn. Uh, Johnny Gargano will be taking on Austin Theory, and the United States Championship will be on the line when Bobby Lashley defends against Seth Rollins. Then we got our main event. I mean, Go for it. I have a feeling that during that DX reunion, I feel like there's going to be a lot of like Billy Gunn chants. Oh, the whole crowd's going to be going, Daddy, yes, Daddy. They're, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Oh, I, I, I got it. DX is going to come out. They're going to be in the ring, and the crowd just going to go, Oh, scissor me, Daddy. Maybe. That I would be hilarious. It would be. It would be. Because, I mean, Billy was there when DX went into the Hall of Fame at AEW. He was already working for AEW then. But I think because now he's such a, you know, he's like on television, a regular on television, I don't think Tony Khan would allow it. I have a feeling Billy Gunn's probably going to make a reference to that. Like on Dynamite this Wednesday or maybe next Wednesday. I don't know. I mean, they have their own segment on the show this week, the whole National Scissoring Day. So maybe he could do something where, I used to scissor with all the other guys, but they're leaving me out next week. I'm now scissor with these guys or something. I don't know. I could see him doing something like that. Yeah. So we had EO Sky versus Bianca Belair, or EO Sky versus Alexa Bliss with Bianca Belair in her corner. Every time I say her name, my Amazon Echo goes off. Anyways, not much. Just like the the other women's match, not much happened before they went to a break. Just basic back and forth wrestling. After the break, Sky hit a double knee strike in the corner, but she missed a moonsault and Bliss hit a DDT. Bliss went for the twisted Bliss, but Bailey distracted the referee. Belair went after Bailey, and Kai pushed her into the steel steps. Bliss then wiped out the heels with a dive and went to the top, but Sky grabbed her and hit the air raid crash, followed by a moonsault to pick up the victory. There's a special name they got for the moonsault. I think Corey Graves said it, but now I can't remember. Oh, I think he called it to them. They called it the to the moonsault. That's what it is. EO's moonsault is the to the moon salt. But after the I match, like that'd be like a, I feel like that'd be like a Cameron Grimes move. Yeah, right. To the moon. So after the match, that'd, Dam- be perf- that'd be a perfect name, right? For a move that Cameron Grimes can do. That, yeah, that's already like a good idea, right? I actually really, really, really like that. <laughs> so after the match, Damage Control attacked Bliss, and then they hit Bel Air with a ladder. Asuka. Oh, Kid Vicious says over the moon. Okay, I was wrong. It's the over the moon boons. Over the moon salt. Thank you for the correction, guys. Over the moon salt. So damage control took out Bel Air. They knocked her out with the ladder when Asuka would then limp down to the ring with a kendo stick. Dakota Kai tried to get out of the ring to go after Asuka, and Asuka hit her so hard with that kendo stick. Asuka hit her very hard. Right across the arm, just good towel. But 
in a clunky spot. So EO and Dakota pick up the ladder. Asuka then slides into the ring, but she makes sure to slide in just enough into the right spot where they can drop the ladder on her messed up leg. I'm like, oh, that was a little clunky. Bailey, Sky, and Kai continued their beat down, and then they all posed on the ladder. The, women, uh, the women's tag team champions had their belts. Bailey took Bianca's belt, and then I'm like, are there still four minutes left in this show? Announcers start plugging stuff. They're like, Extreme Rules, we've got uh, the ladder match, Bianca Belair and uh, Bailey, and we've also got the fight pit match. Oh, and next week's Monday Night Raw. We got this, da, 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 da. and I'm like, oh, they're, they're stalling for time. Somebody went Somebody went to the finish earlier. Something something got rushed, and then all of a sudden they were like, never mind, we've got time to fill. And then all of a sudden the show goes a minute over. I'm like, okay. That was weird. It didn't feel like the show should have ended there. When they start going to the whole rundown thing, I'm like, okay, that's kind of a weird ending. It feels like that shouldn't be how you end the show, but whatever. Kind of a weird, weird deal. Also, since Saturday... Pay-per-view ain't on Sunday. It's a Saturday show this week. Overall closing thoughts on the show? Um, I thought it was cool. I thought the ending like was cool though, where they had Bailey on the oh, top yeah. of that ladder holding the title. I thought that was like a perfect ending to go into extreme rules. Yeah. I just felt it was a little awkward because you can tell like they were stalling for time. And then, and then, like, maybe my clock was off or I was a minute behind or something. But they went off the air for me at 8.01 Pacific. So maybe my clock was off or they stalled too much and then whatever. But, hey, I thought it was an enjoyable, really enjoyable show. I thought it also, was... Also, uh, Eng said in the chat, I know Triple H said he would never compete again, but do you think he would pedigree someone next week? No. I could be wrong on that, but no. I mean, pedigree. I mean, maybe. Pedigree. Maybe, Ch I don't know. Pedigree Chad Gable. Or Austin Theory, I don't know. Well, Theory's got the match with Gargano, so I don't see they do anything there. But I can see like DX doing their thing in the ring, and then Gable and Otis come down, and he tries to just shush DX. Yeah, I can see that. But with that, guys, that was Monday Night Raw. A really good show, I would say. But you know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw. Remember, you can let us know by texting in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. My button's not working to put that in the chat. Text in to 510-906-1341. Before we get to the text messages... I check the polls really fast as far as Twitch poll does go. Do we not do a Twitch? Oh, I forgot the Twitch poll. Um, oh no, I did the Twitch poll. Here it is. Here it is. As far as Twitch poll does go, eighty-eight, no, eighty-nine percent liked tonight's RAW. Eleven percent thought it was just all right. That's a good. That's that's good numbers right there. As far as the Twitter poll does go. 69% liked the show. 18% thought it was just all right. And 12% did not like Raw. And as we check the YouTube poll. Uh, let's refresh that really fast. 
74% liked the show, 21% thought it was just all right, and 5% did not like Raw. Uh, come to the comments, here this person says, uh, I feel upset about damage control attacking Asuka, and she was crying. I feel bad for Asuka. Hey, Asuka was good enough to come back out later, though. Even though, in theory, shoot, she's fine. It was just a storyline injury thing. That's not as bad as you would think initially. Um, and this person says, I enjoyed the first hour, to be honest. The crowd was kind of mid during the second and third hour. And honestly, you don't need the women main eventing Raw all the time. Well, they don't main event Raw all the time. There are some of the text messages here. This person says, <coughs> Excuse me. All the baby faces taken out at the end of the show. Do you see Bianca winning on Saturday? Now, no. now, if Vince was booking, I would say yes, because Vince's whole thing was if you're losing at the pay per view, give the other person the rub on the go home. Vince used to do that 85% of the time. The person that gets the advantage on the go home usually doesn't win at the pay per view. But your place is in charge now, so I don't think he does that same kind of trope. This person says, and also, go for it. And also, like, they're kind of going all in on damage control. You already got the tag titles on Dakota and EO, so like and, you kind of have to put that kind of have to put that Rollins title on Bailey. Exactly. Or says you think Triple H in charge has garnered any interest from other companies to work with WWE like Impact, like how Mickey James was acknowledged as the Impact Women's Champion at the Royal Rumble. So that had nothing to do with Triple H, as far as Mickey being in the Royal Rumble. They wanted Mickey in the Rumble, and Impact said, okay, but you have to acknowledge her as our champion. As far as other companies working with WWE, no. Because if WWE is going to work with another company, they're going to want to work with a company that they're going to be able to control everything. And I just don't see any other companies right now. Like, they've worked with, like, Progress and stuff for NXT UK and whatnot, and basically it was they get to do whatever they want. And I don't see anyone right now allowing that. Um, this person says Ezekiel's been off TV for a bit. Had he worked live matches? Ezekiel is in transition right now because internally, backstage, he is no longer listed as Ezekiel. He's Elias. So I assume he's just growing the beard back out. Once that beard's back, he can show back up on TV. Backstage, in internal roster deals, like they have, like, you know, an app. there's an app for WWE. That everybody that works for has access to it. And apparently within that app or rostered listings within the company, he's listed as Elias again. So, and this was as of, I heard that and that was reported, I think, three weeks ago. That he's no, no longer Ezekiel. He's Elias. So, we'll see how long. I think they're just waiting for him to grow the beard back. I wonder how long that will take. Hmm. And when I had to shave my beard off because I freaking caught myself on fire. My beard grew back and I don't have, my beard doesn't grow like, like I can't, like length it is now is almost like the longest I can grow mine. But like to get it to like this length, it took me about three to four weeks. Yeah, but he has a pretty big beard. Yeah, so, so his is going to take longer than that is what I'm, I was trying to get at. 
Uh, this person here says, I don't think it's Joe from NX. What? Hold on. What is this person saying? Um, yeah, I don't know what this person's talking about. And this person here says, on Twitter, there are images of Fiend's face above Alexa during the haze when her team... Okay, let's look that up really fast. I get what you're saying. So there was the haze on the screen when Candace walked up. They're saying that the Fiend's face was in that. Let's see. Fiend. Let's see. Mm. Okay, I, I see it. Let's let's show this on the screen. Pull this up really fast. This is what this text message was talking about. You see right here, there's slightly, like, I don't know how you caught that, but slightly kind of maybe a semblance of the fiend mask-ish, kind of. But there was another text here that this person said, did you notice the image on the storage crate of the little girl that looks like Alexa Bliss when she was with the fiend right here? That's an interesting one, too, I didn't see. This is when Sammy and the Bloodline were backstage. But with that, guys, go for it. Oh, I can see that now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to see Alexa back with the, with the Fiend. Hold on. Someone's saying there's something up with Joe Gacy? Person said on Twitter, Joe Gacy's profile pic has X on his eyes, like the pictures in the Firefly Funhouse. Well, I mean, there's been a rumor of Brain maybe not coming alone. Joe Gacy would fit with Bray. I don't know. Joe Gacy, but Joe Gacy's also got Grizzly Young Vets as well. I don't know if they bring all three. It'll be interesting to see where this all goes. And we may know in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We may know what all this is in five days. Five more days till Extreme Rules. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's YouTube.com forward slash Processing Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we will be back live Wednesday, AEW Dynamite. Maybe doing a special stream before that, though, on Wednesday as well. Playing that one by ear. But we'll be here for Dynamite for sure. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great rest of your week. As you can see, almost done moving all my stuff out. I moved the computer to the new place tomorrow, and then I'll be streaming from there going forward. I'm busy the next couple of days. Have a great night. I will see you guys next time. Have, have a good one, guys.